Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air, everywhere. Back at it again on another edition of the Fifth Hour. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Because, hey, four hours a night during the week, not enough. Eight days a week we do this podcast with me, Ben Maller, and Danny G Radio back for the very popular mailbag. Do you have your battle armor ready to go, Danny G? I'm ready, man. Mailbag time. I look like one of the lacrosse players I saw in a field here in Ventura County last week. Big shoulder pads on and nowhere to go. Yeah. Well, uh, well listen, this is a very this is a dangerous territory. We are trained professional broadcasters. Do not attempt answering listener questions uh, unless you have years and years of training. It is a bad idea. You're risking your life. Don't do it. Do not do it. With that being said, here we go. Scumbag, pay attention. It's time for mail call. Ben's mail well, thank you, Ohio Al. I appreciate that. And into the mailbag we go, and we start out with You've got mail. All right, Helen and Stu in Palmetto Bay, Florida. And they write in, they say, Ben Danny Girardelli. Now, Ghirardelli, yes. he revealed the big reveal last week that Danny may or may not be part of the famous Ghirardelli chocolate family. Yeah, and last week I checked in on one of our locations, which is inside California Adventure Park. 
Yeah. Did you get what I say is the greatest dessert ever? The Sunday cookie Sunday. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But really more for like two or three people than one person. But I thought of you when I saw Disneyland goers enjoying those. But yeah. um, I didn't partake. I was just saying hi to the employees. They're doing a nice job there for the uh, Ghirardelli Empire. Yeah, and they they love that. You know, as uh, it says here in the email, Helen and Stu, they say uh, Danny Chocolate. Uh, they say, <laughs> yeah, that's your one of your nicknames there. Uh, good early morning to both of you. Stu and I, uh, the email writes, are far more experts in real estate as we uh, than we are as uh, in technology and all that. But we saw this week an interesting article titled "That Radio DJ You Hear May Already Be a Robot." How about that for a plot twist? Uh, surprise, motherfucker. Yes, uh, very big surprise there. And I, I saw the story also. Anyway, it says uh, from music to now sports, artificial intelligence is already being used to create Andy, artificial neutral disc jockeys using real radio voices like yours. Yeah. In a deeper dive by partnering with a Los Angeles-based company, Fox Sports and iHeart, We'll be using super Wi-Fi in all new studios like your future Burbank location to create evil automated programming. The <laughs> drama on this is through the roof, Danny. I mean, my God. Uh, and uh, will the real Ben Maller please stand up? Ben, are you real or are you just a robot? The question asked. And that's, see, that's the beauty right there. Uh, Helen and Stu. You never really know. You never really know. Yeah. Now, I feel bad for my DJ friends because they are getting rid of the DJs. Well, they, there's already that format that hasn't really done that well in most cities. Odyssey has it. It's uh, with Jack FM in L.A. Yeah. And, uh, they... Well, this is something, Ben, that they tested way back in the 1990s. A friend of mine was part of the founding radio station in Manteca, California. They had the idea to put on a jockless radio station. Let's just play all music and see how it does in the ratings. And it bombed big time because part of the comfortability of the radio and part of the enjoyment of listening to the radio is you feel like the DJ's talking to you and that's your friend at two in the morning. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and so if that's missing at all parts of the day, it's just super generic. It was like an iPod back then before there were iPods. Yeah, I agree. Of course, we are both biased because we make our living talking into microphones. But I I would absolutely agree with you that part of the, the charm, the, to me, the magic of radio is, you know, I was a lonely fat kid. I didn't have many friends, but the radio guy, the guy on the radio yeah. was my friend. The guy on the radio talked to me and. And I love that. And so I, to lose that, yeah. I know people change and stuff, but I think human beings, it, it's just, it takes away life when you don't have somebody who's real there. And if you don't know what's real and fake, that's also a problem. And well, also the entertainment in between the songs. Mm -hmm. I loved guys like Rick Chase from 106 KMEL. He was amazing in between songs. His content was absolutely some of the best radio I heard as a kid. 
96.1 KMEL. This is Rick Chase. 409. We got the solid jam, zero commercials. Coming up this hour, controversy with Rick Chase. The morning contest. Just have to judge for yourself. Is it sexist or is it fun? drew me in as much as the music did i mean they were playing really good hip-hop and r&b in the late 80s throughout the 90s but i wanted to hear the djs just as much as the music and also the callers and all the different things going on in the city when you listen to that station and those voices you felt like you were tapped in yeah, you know, just to follow up on that, I, as a kid, you know, I love sports, but I remember it's just the the way they talk, though. It was more, and, and we've talked about this before on the overnight show. Like, I, I spend a lot of time with these monologues, and I'll go on and on about whatever. And when I meet listeners, when I'm able to do that, they never want to talk about the monologues. They just want to talk about, you know, I had a bad, I dropped teriyaki sauce at the store or whatever. Those, yep. That's what people want to talk about. They don't care about the sports. They listen, I guess, for the sports stuff. But uh, just think of a world where all radio guys go away and it's just, uh, yeah, that's it. It's over. But uh, hopefully that does not happen. But uh, And if it does, I'll be long gone uh, by then. And they have done studies, though, that have indicated, as you referenced, Danny, that it hasn't gone well when they've tried to, to have faceless radio stations. It just doesn't work. And people can get that content. There's a lot of streaming places, even I, the iHeart app, which is carries this podcast. If you want just music without DJs, you can get it. But if, you know, if you're by yourself working late at night or you can't sleep, you want to hear a voice on the radio, you should be able to hear that. Or if you're driving, you're stuck in traffic, you want somebody to talk to you so you don't have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, it's the magic of it. All right. Uh, next email from Tammy in Montana. And she's an enemy combatant of Helen and Stu. Uh, there's a great rivalry. The Mallard militia, they were very happy Helen and Stu left. And now that they're back, there's anger. There's, there's rage. There's a primal instinct, primal scream that takes over. Anyway, uh, Tammy in Montana writes and she says, classy Danny G radio giving props to Gascon, unlike that classless crocodile, Helen, who is completely unaware of how many militia wish she would get dragged into a pond by a gator. Wow, that is vicious. Oh my God. Tammy is very feisty. She's a very feisty woman. Uh, Stu is probably an alcoholic and heavily medicated to stay married to that nasty-smelling old crow. Wow. Vicious. Uh, he keeps the paper sack company in business, buying so many to keep her ugly face covered. Wow, Tim, how do you really feel? Thanks for doing that, Stu. The world appreciates. Go, uh, go drink some prune juice, Medusa. Wow. <laughs> try to, she says here, try to shit out some of your nastiness. You, your poor uh, family. Wow. Tammy, man, man, I'm so happy. I came into this beef late. So that I could just be the ultimate politician and say I love everybody. 
Yeah, you're uh, much better off on that because this is a, you know what this is? This is like back and forth is like flatulence. They're they're farting at each other. It's just terrible. It's uh, it's horrible. Uh, JM writes in, he says, what was the other name you said you used when you had a daytime local show? I never heard about that before. And he says, P.S., I think that beer drinking Brian is giving you a story about his power and heating being shut off. Yeah, he talked about that on the show this week. JM, uh, JM says, I am about 95% sure that Missouri has a cold weather law that you are not allowed to shut off utilities in the winter months. Was he talking about when you were little Ben Mallet? <laughs> no, no. That's how you've typed my name into Google. It comes up Ben Mallet. But no, uh, this actually was pretty funny. So I was doing the show at 1150 as a young guy, and we got some positive pub. And back in those days, it was very important to be on in the L.A. Times radio TV critic, Larry Stewart. Yes. And that was the big deal. Like you knew you were up. Everyone in the industry read that column. That was that was a sign you've made it. And Larry didn't write a lot about radio. He seemed to enjoy television more than radio. And so he didn't write about radio much, but a few times a year he would write. But maybe more than that. I'm exaggerating. Usually at the end of his column, he'd have a little bit of radio news. So he wrote a really nice thing about me when I was a young guy. I was in my early 20s, and he wrote a really nice thing. I thought, boy, this is I've arrived. My mom was impressed. My dad was impressed. You know, people I used to work with, this is like a big deal, right? The LA Times, back when everyone read newspapers. And uh, except he wrote my name, Ben Waller, <laughs> how my name was in the LA. So I, on the air at that time, much like these days, they made it, I had to do the show and I had to do updates and I hated doing the updates. I just wanted to do the show. I didn't want to worry about the updates and they made me do the updates. And so on the updates, I was Ben Waller. And I'd say I'd th- I'd, I, I was like uh, Phil Henry, like a mental patient. I was throwing to myself. Uh, all right, let's go to the news desk. Here's Ben Waller. You know, and then I. Uh, so I do you think of- about that anytime you watch a Las Vegas Raiders game? No, I got to get you a Waller jersey. Oh, oh, the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. The tight end there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, do you you ever use, uh, Danny, any kind of fake uh, radio names when you were a DJ back in the day? Any kind of no? No, but, you know, when I was at NBC Sports Radio, I would do updates half of the week for my salary there. Part of doing the national updates at NBC Sports Radio was you had to do the 60-second sports updates live on Bloomberg News, Oh, which was really cool because you were live in New York and San Francisco, but they would not let me say Danny G for a news organization like bloomberg you can't use hip-hop names they told me that's a hip-hop name i guess so according to them so i had to come up with something i didn't know what to do i went batman ben danny grayson really so you went you were full batman here we come yeah batman sidekick of course but that's because the newsman would throw to me and then i'd be a sports sidekick I didn't know what else to do. I just came up with that, you know, the day before I had to be on Bloomberg. That's the only other alias I've ever had on the radio. Yeah, I've only done the the Ben Waller thing. I remember they had, you know, Fox Sports Radio has a news thing that they, uh, for Fox News Radio, I don't know if they still do that or not, but they used to, and they had to come up with different 
different names. Uh, and uh, I forget Looney had a funny one. I forget what it was, but he had, he was obsessed with that. He wanted to come up with a, uh, the, the perfect fake name. And uh, I don't remember. I wish I did, but I don't. So, uh, anyway. You've got we mail. Have, we do have more mail. Uh, let's see. John in Colorado writes into the fifth hour podcast. By the way, if you want to send us a question, I think next week, Danny, will be our last podcast of the year. We're going to we'll be dark on Christmas weekend and then uh, the first weekend of the new year. And so that we'll be back, I think, January 10th ish, something like that. Uh, with new podcast. Anyway, uh, John in Colorado says uh, in the process of renovating the new Maller mansion, were you tempted to add a hidden door or secret passage? Yes, John, I would have. I uh, love the idea of a hidden room. I, and I, as a kid watching those old shows from when I was a child, they always had like the bookcase, you pull out the yeah. book and then the thing opens up. Speaking of Batman, yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I thought, well, that would be outstanding, right? To pull that one off, uh, and we we may still do it, but the the cost is a problem. Uh, it is a problem, and so uh, there's a staircase in the Maller Mansion here, and so there's a little storage room underneath the staircase, and so the plan was my wife's idea. She thought it would be great uh, to kind of go Harry Potter. And put a fake dummy bookcase where the storage room opens up and then how you can pull a book out and it opens up. And really, because, you know, we have nieces and nephews and little kids. And I like, how cool would that be if you're a little kid and you come over and you, you have your own like private hideaway and you can open it up and then, bam, you can put all kinds of stuff in there and knock yourself. I think that would be awesome. So, And if any of her family members go missing, we know where to look first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's, that's That would be the spot. Uh, definitely, that would be the spot. Uh, but, yeah, we, we are thinking about that, John, but that's, you know. We'll Shut see up and eat your mayonnaise sandwich. Yeah, exactly. You evil kids, how dare you? Soundproof <laughs> the room. Chef Scott from Norlands writes in. He says, holy crap. A podcast featuring all of the Christmas songs from the Mallet Militia. Next Friday, no guest. I've decided these listeners keep sending these holiday songs in. Mr. PC, uh, Jeopardy Al. And I, I call it Jeopardy. Wow, Jeopardy Al. That's a name from the past. Ohio <laughs> Al. I got my owls mixed up. Ohio Al, our, our guy in Maine, Harry in Maine, uh, our buddy in Richmond. Uh, there's so many talented people. So I thought since this is a very unique thing that we have, we have so many songs. We have enough songs to fill a whole hour that I can be like DJ Benny. I like it. Nothing but those songs for the full hour on Friday. And cause that's the week before Christmas. And I can't think of a better way to annoy your relatives at holiday parties by playing Maller theme songs and, uh, and how wrong that would be and how annoying that would be. So I, I think we should do it. So next Friday, uh, chef's guy talked about it on the show a little bit. So, these songs are so well done, too. Well, yeah. I was listening to you live on the radio when I was coming back from Anaheim on Wednesday night. And one of the rejoin songs, I turned the volume up because I thought maybe it would be one of the P1s. And I was like, oh, no, this is a classic Christmas song. But then I heard the word Maller being sung. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. No, it's not. It's one of the Mallard songs. Man, these parody songs are legit. Yeah, they're nuts. And this guy, Mr. PC, I don't know a lot about him, but he even added this week his latest songs 
he added a female lead. So it's a duet. It's a male female duet. Wow. Which is unbelievable. And he's in a recording studio in Michigan. And so Coop told the story on the air that apparently what's gone on is that the guy at the recording studio is like, you shouldn't be doing this. You should, you know, they got into a back and forth, like a, a, a war, uh, like you shouldn't be doing this. These are professional songs. You should not uh, do it doing this for free. And so then Mr. PC is like, Oh, I'll do what I want or whatever. And so yeah. he's like, I, I like doing this. And it's, you know, it's gotta be cool. If you, you have an opportunity, we have a one good thing about the overnight where we have a very big reach on that show because of the time we're on, we're cleared on over 400 stations. And I mean, it's a pretty cool way to kind of cheat to the top and say you had your music played on all these radio stations. So America's most talented listeners for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Cause we've done this in the past and we've had some good songs, but like one or two, <laughs> not, not a whole CDs or not that they use CDs anymore. Any, anyway, uh, it says that'll be podcast gold. Chef Scott says from the Bayou, uh, absolute gold. The songs this year are epic. Uh, he says, thanks Ben. And the uh, talented malicious songwriters, happy birthday, Danny G. It says, but happy birthday, Danny. As you know, that means we love you, bro. It says here, welcome back to Maller Town. So a big fan of yours there, our Thank buddy. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, and actually, I will be celebrating a birthday during the break. Okay, well, there you go. Mazel tov. happy birthday. Yeah, a uh, day after Christmas, uh, which means... Package them all together, unfortunately. Yeah. If somebody gives you, I don't know, say they give you a book for Christmas, that's a bad gift, right? Yeah. But, but as a kid, you'd hear, Merry Christmas and happy birthday. Oh, yeah, that sucks. And Roberto's birthday actually just happened this week. You, you know, guys in December with the birthdays, you should pick a day where there's not much going on, like in June. Yeah, say, that's the day I'm going to celebrate the birthday. I agree, because my chick's been trying to plan somewhere to take me and the rates are all jacked up because it's Christmas week. Yeah, just wait. Yeah, just I know. Wait. I told her I'm like, let's postpone it. Yeah, because you can have the same experience and with half the price. Why would you? You know, I'm, yeah. a, I, you know, I'm a cheap. I'm a cheap guy, so that's what I, I would do. Oh, and, we and, know, we yeah. know. You know what I want for for Christmas, Danny? You know what I want? I want a spider pig. Spider pig, spider pig does whatever a spider pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, we can't. He's a pig. Look out! He is a spider pig. Yeah. I really have no reason other than I just wanted to hear that. I thought that was funny. I, I don't really want a spider pig, but I just love that. So I you just like playing drops. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a toy. You know, I, I like toys. Well, you know what I'll do? I'll play a couple of genie drops right here. All right. I'll match your spider pig with a genie. I have a satin nightgown on, on my peach cobbler list. Oh, genie. Oh, God. I miss her. Genie, I miss you able to play like four or five of her drops on last week's podcast yeah and the response was amazing i i miss hearing her drops uh genie was great man she had so much fun with her on the show yeah remember the story she told us about how she was a stripper in compton yes and, she was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we really uh, and we looked it up and it yeah, checked and it out true. It, it, yeah we looked it up and we yeah pretty well it was some joint in compton that she really stripped at I'm bouncing. I lived in Compton. Yeah, it's nuts. Were you were you with me the night? This is not a genie story, but the night that uh, that mob guy knocked on the door. Were you were you working that night? I uh, was working that night. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, th- that guy's from uh, Goodfellas. Yeah. Right? Well, he was the real guy from Goodfellas. Yeah. He's dead now. What's that guy's name? We had so many crazy yeah. uh, visitors, yeah. Ben. You remember when Helmet Man would show up? Yeah, we we don't we haven't heard from Helmet Man. We don't oh. know if he's alive or not. He disappeared. We haven't since COVID started. Helmet Man went away. I, yeah, uh, it spawned that famous drop where Helmet Man said, "I'm actually on the live air." Yes, you're on. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> yes, which was one of the great jobs of all time. Sitting in a radio station with an on-air light pulsing. <laughs> On air, on air, on air, and me talking to him into a microphone in a different studio, and he had no idea that he was on the air. Am I on the live air? Oh, my God. Uh, what helmet, are man. you doing in my swamp? Yes, exactly. You're in our swamp helmet, man. What's wrong with you out there? <laughs> this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, we'll have to do a, a future podcast. We'll go yeah. over in great detail the night. One of the great mob guys of all time. And that happens to be my favorite movie. Goodfellas. I love Goodfellas. My favorite mob movie. Goodfellas. By the way, Henry Hill was that. Yes, guy. that's right. Henry Hill. Henry Hill. Drunk as could possibly be yeah. drunk. Banging on the door. Anyway, we'll get into it. But he's, he wanted to get in the radio studio. And I, of course, walked out past the mob guy. Because I had to call the late great Joe McDonald, LA radio legend, I did do crosstalk with him, and I was embarrassed because people would look at me when I talk. So I'd go outside and I'd walk around the streets of uh, Sherman Oaks. Anyway, uh, Vahid writes in from uh, Saints Country. He says, uh, "Danny G, a great hire for the pot. Well, we, you know, hire." Uh, Danny, I think we're giving you chicken feed for this, I think, maybe. But uh, the big money will come, Danny, as you know. But uh, you were already part of the company, so we didn't hire you. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm about to get that M-Drive money. 
Yes, yes. Uh, question, could Danny G book William Shatner? Uh, we have heard about his booking skills, big names, former presidents, and many more great people. Keep doing uh, great big men and Danny G from Vahid there in uh, New Orleans. Well, that would be the big get. I doubt Shatner would do it, but it, you know, you could harass him. And it's always when he does a media thing. And I say that in the kindest way. When I say harass, I don't mean in like actual, I just mean a friendly message. Yeah, what I yeah. mean. He hates you with a passion. So the angle I would have to come at would be some sort of contribution towards his favorite charity or something like that. Because back in the day, Clay Travis got into it with Peter King and okay. those two hated each other and were sparring on Twitter. And I was able to book Peter King and get him on the air, which was a classic interview on Outkick the Coverage. Clay agreed to pay, I think it was 5,000 bucks or something to Peter's favorite charity. And maybe a thousand dollars, but it was a, a pretty decent sum of money to convince Peter to come on, even though he hated Clay's guts. That's really the only workaround, I think, when it's a guy that hates the guy you're trying to connect them with. So it has to be financial. There has to be a financial stake. In yeah. And that's how Shatner ended up unblocking me is that a Trekkie, a Star Trek nerd was so bothered by the warring Maller militia and all that, that this guy Shatner had on his one of his charity things. He had the whole to do about how, you know, you want to, you don't want to end this and I, I'll follow Ben. I don't think follow me. He doesn't follow me, but uh, donate a few hundred dollars. And some dude did. Oh, wow. I don't even know the guy. And the, the guy just, he was tired of the whole thing. And he's like, Hey, let's uh, let me settle this right now. And he did. And Shatner followed through and saved a, a horse's ass or something. So now you guys are best friends on Twitter. Uh, I did met, he did uh, check in on me before he went to outer space. We did have a brief interaction on, on the Twitter machine, but it's, right. uh, it's been a while. So I love how the militia celebrates his birthday every year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so many good foot soldiers that met their demise at the hands, you know, the Twitter demise at the hands of, of William Shatner. It was, uh, it was interesting. That was a fun time though. That, that night when, Spats with Shats originated, and the, there was that one night he was flying to Germany, and because he was up the whole night on a plane, and I guess they had Wi-Fi because he's William Shatner, so he's not sitting in the cheap seats. And uh, he, he kept replying, and he was trying to block everybody, and he was in such a hurry, and he was so flustered, he started following security guards and guys cleaning toilets. And, you know, the, the hardcore meat of the Maller show, the people that are working, busting their ass all night, and they're getting a follow from William Shatner. Joe Blow, who's got three followers, has William Shatner clicking follow, trying to block him. It's insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. But uh, you know, Shatner's still doing pretty is, is, is he 90 or something like that now, William Shatner, and he's still, he's still going. He hasn't uh, had the old donkey come. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's see. What is next here? Kevin in Kansas writes in on the mailbag, says, Dear Ben and Danny G, both of you have seen and visited a lot of stadiums over the years. Which ones were so horribly awful that everyone was glad when they got a new place? 
Well, the first one I will bring up is the LA Memorial sports arena, <laughs> which I spent a lot of my life at the Clippers played there in the nineties and in the late eighties. And that place was a total, uh, tear down, destroy, uh, whatever you want to say. And I, the last time I ever went in the LA sports arena, I was at a USC Notre Dame game and they put the overflow parking on the floor of the sports arena. So I parked at a big Ford F-150 truck and I parked my truck on the floor of the LA sports arena and somewhere I took pictures of it. I, I haven't been able to find the photo, but it was crazy. Wow. That's a place that had had NBA all-star games, NBA finals. That's where the Lakers had played when they moved to LA, uh, you know, in the early days. Man, I saw the candy man play there. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was amazing. I mean, they had hockey, they had all kinds of big events. They had, yeah. uh, uh, political, uh, what do you call it? Conferences or whatever mm-hmm. the conventions conventions were held there. Lots of, uh, rap concerts. I saw West side connection perform there. Yeah. But by the time that place was, you know, the Clippers had moved out of there and USC was kind of playing there. Then they got a new arena. That place was a dump. Yeah. And how did they fill the seats for Clipper games back then, Ben? Well, yeah, at halftime, they would open up the the doors and there would, there would be more people in the second half than the first half. And they were actually just a lot of homeless people or people down on their luck trying to get out of the cold. Yeah. In December, you know, not that it gets that cold in L.A., but December and January. And they'd come in there and it was, boy, the stuff I saw at the sports arena. Holy moly. That is. A, It'll be in your book. Yeah, it'll be in my tell-all book. And I'd say Shea Stadium is another one. I don't know if you ever went there, but I I was with the Dodgers and we went to Shea Stadium, and that place was a complete rat hole. Uh, yeah. It's just horrible. It, and I know what you're thinking, the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Which is still there. As they have not torn that. That thing's a dump, too. I, I have been there. but Some historic yeah. NFL and Major League Baseball games took place on that field. Unfortunately, the building around the field was crumbling or is crumbling still. A few years ago, I think it was the 2018 season, I got to go in the bowels of that stadium as a stringer to get the star of the game to call into FSR. There were hanging live wires. Like you could (laughs) see sparks from, you know, these electrical wires that were hanging down, almost touching people's heads. The popcorn machine up in the the media area where the broadcasters were, that wasn't working. The soda machine wasn't working. That McKenzie dude that used to be the general manager was mumbling and grumbling as he walked over the stained carpet. He was bitching about how stuff wasn't working. (laughs) And that's pretty much in a nutshell that place. Obviously, all the stories about the urinals not working and floods with uh, what I guess Muddy water. Just take a guess what's in the water. It's uh, what can Brown do for you? Oh, Uh. I mean, the stench coming out of those bathrooms. But Ben, the home field advantage at that place was insane. Now you look at Vegas. It's obviously a great destination if you want to see your favorite NFL team. So you just don't have that same home field advantage anymore as a Raider. So that's the bad part, but that building, oh my God, Ben, they need to honor it and show all those great memories there and then bulldoze the place and give the Oakland A's a brand new stadium. It's like the area around Chernobyl. There's that zone you can't enter in. <laughs> you just get rid of that thing. And well, Have you ever seen that creek water around the Coliseum there? I mean, it's toxic. 
If you overthrow a Nerf football and it goes down there, you're not getting a whole Nerf back. <laughs> and I remember watching games when I was a kid on TV when the A's, when the Raiders were in L.A. And uh, that place looked, for baseball, was beautiful with the backdrop yeah. and all that. And then they built Mount Davis. Yeah. And, and that, that was a disaster. I was also, I'm trying to think of some other stadiums. Uh, County Stadium in Milwaukee. Ooh. Qualcomm, Qualcomm, yeah, Jack Murphy Stadium, yeah, that's a oh, that's yes, a, that was Jack, a, yes, that's Jack gone now, right? They got rid of that for the, they're building the San Diego State Stadium there. I was told, yeah, they blew that building up. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there, and that's another one. But that that one never to me was really that beautiful. You know, it was I, I go to Padre games and I went to a few Charger games, and the people were cool. The tailgating at Charger games is kind of neat in the parking lot, but the stadium was was brutal, brutal. And similar uh, anyway. qualities to Oakland. Yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Kevin. That inspired some hot talk, hot talk. You've got mail. Right, we do have more mail. Terry from New Franklin, Ohio, writes and says, choose one. A, you can keep your holiday de- decorations up all year long. B, you never decorate for the holidays again. <laughs> and see, to me, the outcome would be the same, and I'll tell you why. Because if you keep the holiday decorations up year round, it loses its wow factor. You become used to it. It's like my theory. Now, Mr. West of the 405, who was on the podcast before you, I used to fight with him about this. Like everyone talks about you want to live near the ocean. You want to have oceanfront views. You want to have skyline views of uh, Miami or New York or Chicago. But once you live there, after a while, it just becomes normal. It's not like you sit there and stare out the window. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And so that's always been my theory. Like you want to live in a good part of town, but you don't, ne- you don't necessarily need to have great views because you're just not going to look. After a while, it's, maybe your friends will be impressed when they come over, but you're like, that's just, that's home. You know, it's like, that's the way it is. So I actually, I called the Queen Tinderoni a mini maller last week because she had lights go out on the top half of her fake Christmas tree that she's had for years. And then she found this thing eight years ago on sale for 35 bucks. It's a good move. I told her you'd be proud of her. I am. Do you think a, she threw the $35 tree away and finally bought a new one or B she bought $35 in lights and strung new lights on the top half of it. That's a solid move. Listen, that's a good job by you. And that's the way to do it. Listen, things are expensive. Everything's more expensive these days. Why not? <laughs> and she's saving the environment at the same time, right? Saving the environment. I like that. That's good. Yeah, we haven't done any holiday decorations because the house is a uh, absolute mess. Uh, but I, my answer, I think the answer, Terry, to answer your question is it wouldn't really matter because if you keep them up all year, they just become used to them. And I, I think it would be no fun never to decorate. So is that the worst, most political answer of all time, Danny? Is that uh, Bella I, has been leaving some holiday treats around? Yes. She's, she's still uh, shitting all over your floor, by the way. Uh, it's a hit and miss. You know, some days she's all good. Right. Other days she decides they had a little rain in L.A. So that she did not enjoy that. Uh, well, that we needed uh, a poop update. She's yeah. Well, yeah, she's leaves. Uh, we don't call them poop, Danny. We call them little clumps of uh, clumps of coal is what we uh, <laughs> we call them there. And 
All right, uh, Pierre from Springfield, Mass., home of the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, where Muffet McGraw is enshrined. Says Ben and Danny G, have either of you performed the Costco Food Court Marcel Food Pick Deluxe? What is that, you ask? It is rolling up a slice of pizza around a Costco hot dog. And he sent some video here, Danny, of someone on TikTok doing this. Wow. That's a veteran veteran move. Also, I I have never done that. I, I usually what I'll do is I will get the hot dog and the pizza. I, I get the I eat the hot dog first because I feel like once that gets colder, it's not as enjoyable to eat pizza. You can eat when it's a little cool. That's a good move. Yeah, but I've never done them at the same time. I separate them because I'd rather have two big slices of pizza and maybe two hot dogs, but in separate sittings. I don't like the the pizza and the hot dog together. One of my goals is to go to Canada to not only eat the poutine, but I, we had a listener in Vancouver that used to send me screenshots every time I'd go to Costco because at the Costco in Vancouver, at least a few years ago, they had chicken fingers and fries Oh yeah, on the menu. And I'm like, wow, that's like next level. Yeah. They streamlined the menu during COVID. They got rid of a lot of stuff at Costco. But for a while, they got rid of the berry sundae. That's blasphemy. You can't get rid of the berry. So what the hell is that? Getting rid of the berry sun. They brought it back. People <laughs> complained. They brought back the berry Sunday. James in Greensboro writes and he says, why is Muffet McGraw always mentioned when you mention the Hall of Fame? Uh, there's two reasons for that, uh, James. A, it's a funny name to say. Uh, and that's the main thing. And Muffet McGraw, that's just kind of a, it sounds like a, sounds like a mistake or something like that. Uh, there's that. And then also. The Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, it's uh, t- to make a point. The NBA doesn't actually have a Hall of Fame. Technically, baseball, Major League Baseball doesn't. It's a National Baseball Hall of Fame. But I, I just point out that it's it, you know, people go to the Basketball Hall of Fame and you think like Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, you know, all these, and then you see Muffet McGraw and uh, the Russian coach from 1982 or something like that. And you're like, what, what is this? That's just uh, just having some fun, James. Just having some fun. Calm down. I love filling in for Coop on the Ben Maller show on the live radio show, because when you do the NBA pick them, I go back and I find the best 1980s NBA player names. And those are the picks I give for Coop. Board has held Danny G. For Coop, I'm going to go with a dark alley guy, Charles Oakley. Solid yeah. pick. Yeah. Good pick. 80s Knicks, uh, Bulls, good pick. Uh, Roberto. Solid. Yeah, and that's the proper way to do it. And sometimes there are people that sit in there and they actually try to, they get competitive and they try to win. And that's that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. And we say, listen, pal. Don't be rude. Yeah, knock that off, okay? Knock that off this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next the amex dedicated card member entrance for the win unbelievable when you get travel perks with amex platinum you're part of the action that's the powerful backing of american express Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Terry in England listening. And uh, well, he's listening to this eventually when we put it up. He says, when you started listening to AM radio, Ben, did you do it to be a DXer or just for sports? You know what DXer means, uh, Danny, that that jargon, that lingo? No, what does that mean? That means DXer, as I understand it, means to try to listen to far away Ah, like a ham radio nerd almost yeah exactly Uh, terry's a a ham radio guy like my old man may rest in peace and so i terry did that's part of the magic to me that's part of the magic but living in the west i did not western part of the united states we did not have as many faraway stations to get but i've told the story before as a kid my mom listened to art bell uh, who was on forever actually it was even i think it was even art bell but somebody else and they had a commercial for this antenna that would get far away AM radio stations at night. And I begged my mom for this. What a nerd. What a loser. <laughs> and my mom, it was pretty expensive at the time. I, I don't remember how much, but it was pretty pricey. My mom kept reminding me about how expensive it was, but she finally got it. For me. I remember and, you talking about this gadget before. What did it look like? It was brown. It was uh, it was pretty big. It was like the size of a down. it was the size of a laptop. Okay, but it was round. It was round. You know, like those. Uh, so it looked like a little satellite thing, almost, or uh, kind of. But it had a knob in the middle. Oh, okay. So more and, like rabbit ears. Yeah, I mean, it, it was shaped. It was round, kind of like you know those uh, ring lights. Gotcha. Kind of like and, that, and it really worked. Yeah, it actually did work. I was. I thought. When I first got it, I thought, oh, this ain't going to work. This is just a cheap plastic thing. And it actually did. I don't know the technology behind it, but I got stationed, you know, living in LA, I got stations in St. George, Utah. I got a station from Portland, Oregon. San Francisco comes in. There's several stations in San Francisco that come in the yeah. LA market. Suddenly, you were probably listening to Suns basketball games. I was. I listened. In fact, <laughs> I've told the story, but Al McCoy, the voice of the Suns, who's still alive, I had the chance to meet him. And I told him, I said, we had family in Arizona. And when I was a kid, 
I, I told Al McCoy this story. When we went to Arizona, I told my mom, I said, we got to eat at Whataburger. And she said, we didn't have how, why would you want to eat? What you don't even know what that is. Yeah. I said, well, no, but I listened to the sun's game on the radio. And they, when the sun's would make a three point shot, Al McCoy's call would be what a shot. What a burger. That was his, <laughs> his tag. And he told me, Al McCoy told me that that was one of the first product placements in the NBA broadcast that had oh. that kind of thing, that they were the first ones to kind of do it. And so he got a kick out of that story. Now there's uh, crap I, on their jerseys. Yeah, now it's all it's ridiculous. Uh, and, and then I, I got Utah Jazz games, Hot Rod Hundley out of uh, St. George, Utah. That was a station I got. That was cool. A lot of Vegas. I listened to the Stardust line. That I got my gambling uh, fix. Lee Pete, this old radio legend in Vegas, every Sunday night. God, I think it was 10 to midnight was the Stardust line. And they'd give out the latest lines for the next week. That was like a big deal. You got the lines for the next week in the NFL. Uh, so I could go on and on, but uh, did you do any of that, Danny, when you were little? Or you were too cool for that. You didn't. You weren't doing that. Maybe was too cool, supposedly, because I was at the hip hop slash rap, and we didn't even call it R and B. We called it soul at the time. It was the best in hip hop and soul for the '90s, and that station was cool. But that same instructor, he was the electronics teacher at my high school. Ben, he would tell the class at the beginning of the semester, he would say. You could either do the book work and bore yourself to death, or you could get a ham radio license and get an automatic A in the class. I'm not doing book work. Screw that. So I actually got a technician's license, and I passed the advanced Morse code test to get an A. Wow. That was always my hangup. My dad wanted me to become a ham radio operator, but that damn Morse code thing, I just it I was, did not. It was hard. Yeah. I had to take that test. Three times I had to pass the last time I took it and I did. The pressure was on. The trick was just staying ahead of yourself, because if you fell behind a couple of letters, you were screwed. It's like, uh, what is it? Wheel of Fortune? You yeah. can kind of put things together if you just stay on track. So I would miss a letter here and there, but you could make out what the word is. Do that Morse code would go so fast. Now, I never used this radio license. There was no reason or nothing to use it for, except for that guy's class. He had a setup, huge radio setups with the antenna on his roof there at the school. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was more of like the find of, oh, my God, I'm talking to somebody in Canada. So they would mark the, the map. And it was, yeah, I guess it was cool. It was better than doing the book work. But, yeah, man, that Morse code, Ben, I had nightmares about that because it was really hard to pass. They told us that if there was ever an emergency, it, it would become useful to us. Even today, my dad, you know, just passed away at the beginning of this year. He was a ham radio. He was in the, uh, the city he lived in. They had an emergency uh, communications team in the ham radio group. My dad, we used to, I used to bust my dad's balls because he always said there's going to be a big earthquake. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, he loved ham radio. It was his passion. It was his hobby. Yeah. And he always told me, he said, Ben, someday there's going to be a big disaster and everyone's going to love this ham radio. We're going to be the heroes, you know, and then we're going to everyone's going to turn to ham radio. And then because he used to teach ham radio and it was very upsetting because, you know, there'd be a, there'd only be a couple people that would sign up for his class. And then, you know, sometimes they had to cancel the class. And so it was very upsetting to him because he loved the hobby. But he said he always said. If something bad happens, 
the ham radio operator is going to save the day. And that was his big uh, shout outs to Mr. Hoskins was his name. And my stepdad, we have this in common. He was a ham radio dude. And he used to on his handset, he used to do uh, repeater sites before everybody carried cell phones around. He would make phone calls off his little ham radio. Wow, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Um, anyway, thank you, Terry. Uh, let's see here. Matt, a moving man, Matt, says, why did Danny G abandon the coveted overnight slot? He says, it's moving man, Matt. However, when uh, Danny was on, I was still known as Matt from the Cape. So uh, he said, well, you got promoted, Danny. That's uh, what happened on that, right? You got moved. Yeah, for the- sure. At the time, Jason Martin was given his own radio show in Nashville doing morning drive locally. And so I got to step into his spot because I was already co-producing the show and engineering it, but I got to take over the executive producer role, which was a promotion. And the hours were a little bit better, but I was still waking up at 1.30 a.m. every day. Yeah, that's uh, that's a no-go. Uh, the uh, the 1.30 wake-up call, yeah. uh, that is, uh, I'm good. I am, uh, I'm good on that. All right. Uh, Vols fan Jimmy from Fayetteville, Tennessee, writes in. That's right. This is the last piece of mail we will use. And this is it. This is the final one. That's it. Mail, motherfucker. Yeah, well, no, this is the last one. This is uh, no more after all right. Uh, Vols fan Jimmy says, uh, glad to hear Danny G back on the airwaves. Best choice you could make, uh, could have made. Well, best means as good as all the rest. Anyway, uh, for both of you, have you ever taken a girl out on a date and the service was so bad you got up and left? <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll go first. I don't recall that happening. I have uh, gone on dates. I was meeting a date and then she bailed out early. And I was left. Uh, that one sucks. I have left a movie early because my now wife hated the movie. So we had to walk out. But I don't think I've ever left. I've had really bad service, um, but I don't leave. I won't leave a tip or I'll leave a two dollar tip or something like that. If your service is terrible. Uh, what about you, Danny? Anything at a restaurant on a date where you just bailed out and said, let me get the heck out of here. This is this is not good. Yeah. Just a few months ago, I was with my Tinderoni at a diner in downtown Burbank in Burbank. The table was sticky. I'm hoping from syrup and uh, (laughs) service was bad. The water cups were dirty. It just didn't feel right from the start. And I looked at her and I was like, we need to leave before we order anything. The waiter though, you could tell he was maybe part owner the way he was yelling at the staff. It was like, he knew we wanted to leave. He could sense it. And so that made the dash hard because he already had his radar on. So I told her, I said, I'm going to pretend like I take a call, pretended like I was talking to the radio station. And then she, <laughs> then she followed me and she was laughing. And I'm like, what's so funny? And she's like, oh, my God, he totally knew what we were doing. He told me, if you want to leave, just tell me you're leaving. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So he took it very personal. Surprise! Uh, yeah, you're a loser. <laughs> All right, it's been fun, Danny, uh, but we've got to run. Right, we got places to go, things to do, people to see, that kind of thing on a Sunday. And I'll be back on the radio tonight. Yep. Good luck and, to your favorite NFL team. Uh, thank you. Yes, uh, yes, that's right. Uh, well, my my favorite NFL team's not playing until tomorrow. Yeah, not yours. I was talking to the listener. Yeah. Yours. 
you finally got better because you played Jacksonville last week. Well, whatever it takes. And uh, we'll see. Uh, the Rams will be ramming it all day and ramming it all night uh, in the Valley of the Sun. <laughs> Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. And don't forget, send messages. The last mailbag of the year is going to be next weekend. So send your questions in. And uh, it's real fifth hour at gmail.com real fifth hour at gmail.com or post on the Facebook page. And we will talk to you then. Bye Felicia. At bed three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets. When you bet just $5, Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.